What you are about to hear is 100 Proof History, a weekly podcast that's half serious history, half drunken buffoonery. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and consider supporting the show by subscribing to our Patreon. For just $3 a month, you get bonus episodes, access to our old episodes, and each week, you get our show two days early. Check out 100proofhistory.com for details and find us on social media at 100proofhistory. Enjoy the show. In the year 1803, an expedition of about 40 dudes left the eastern United States in search of a northwest passage to the Pacific Ocean. Their exploration would lead to a wealth of scientific knowledge as well as the rapid expansion of the United States. In this week's episode of HPH, we are taking through the first couple of years of their journey and all the wacky hijinks they took part in. Grab yourself a drink, turn to the west, and wonder what lies beyond the horizon. And enjoy this episode of Hunter Proof History titled Lewis and Clark Part 1, Boats and Bros. This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Good evening, Christopher. Hello. Um, I have some embarrassing news. Okay. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, it's really, really good news. Okay. I am personally embarrassed about it. What's that? Last week, we mourned the passing of Wolf Dick. Mm Mm-hmm. I cried for like four days straight. He is, in fact, not dead. What? God damn it. I mean, uh, yay! Yeah. Party favor noise. Hey, hey, Wolf Dick. He ended up uh, going to the hospital, and not only did they fully recover Wolf Dick, uh, fucking Affordable Care Act, ah. they gave him a goddamn voice, like a little computer voice thing, because he's an invalid, you know, and previously. What? Yeah. Thanks, Obama. God damn it. Ugh. I, yeah, I guess that's that's fantastic. Great news. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't give a fuck about me. Uh, that's not true, Wolf Dick. It's not true at all. I I really like you. You left me to die. Uh, no. You didn't even check my pulse. <laughs> it wasn't until the medical examiner came to remove my body that anyone realized I was actually still alive. Wolf Dick, I'm sorry. Huh. Who, who could know, really? I mean, it's not like you move around a lot. Fuck you, Chris. Ah, oh, come on, man. <sighs> Dude, Wolf Dick, let's, okay, let's get past this. It's an uncomfortable situation for everyone, but we've got this podcast, we've got a job to do, you know, like, let's just, uh, let's all live in harmony, so to speak. You're just mad because you didn't grow up with a penis to match your chili bowl haircut. <laughs> Wolf Dick! <laughs> What does that even mean? <laughs> he got you. Fucking got he's you. not. No, he's not making sense. I, I'm going to turn this fucking thing off. Hold on. No, please don't. This is the only outlet of a tortured soul. Please, I beg of you not to. <laughs> All right, it's off. Well, I guess the good news is if one of us has to take a day off, we have a fill-in co-host. Just, you know, someone joking about history and then you get a robot voice. I'm sure that'll be a big hit. Yeah, no, they'll love that. <laughs> so, anyway, he's back. Yay! Our fan will be happy. What do you think about it, Dan? 100 Proof History. 
Okay. <laughs> He's had a stroke. So. That's all he can say now. <laughs> Dan, you're dismissed. 100 proof history. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Dan! <laughs> All right, he's gone. Ah, at least we got rid of one of them, I guess. Greg, so how was your week other than finding out that uh, Wolf Dick was still alive? Fine, I guess. I I got a PS5. No shit! Yeah. I started playing online. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've played online video games. Um, dude, the kids are worse than ever. Yeah? Yeah, I think I need to turn my mom into the police because, uh... The number of prepubescent voices I heard that told me they fucked her is quite alarming. (laughs) But anyway, boys will be boys. Hell, they're probably listeners of the show. They are. They totally are. How uh, how's your week been? Uh, you know, it was it was pretty good. I'm gonna not gonna pretend like we already had Thanksgiving in those December when the people were listening. I was gonna do that little shtick and make up a story about you know. Getting kicked Curtains out of Thanksgiving. just don't even exist no. anymore. Um, real talk. I'll, I'll actually pull back curtain and talk about my real life. I was at the gym yesterday, and I'm doing exercise. I'm doing the rope pull-downs, you know, for your triceps or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, you're doing that all fucking wrong. I'm like, what? And he shows me, and I, I was doing it wrong. Like, he shows me the actual form and does that. And the rest of the time, I couldn't work out properly because I was so worried that this dude was sitting there just watching me and judging me about every fucking thing I did. Like, I keep Ugh. looking over and be like, am I doing these curls right, mister? And then, <sighs> you know, I run into him in the showers of the gym. Oh. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, you're, you're jerking off all wrong. I'm like, What? <laughs> He was like, hey, let me show you. I'm like, oh. I was just so self-conscious the whole time. I couldn't even enjoy myself. He's got uh, he's got his sunglasses on in the shower. <laughs> yeah. He just looks over at you. Hey, you ever seen the uh, suds roll down the crack of a man's ass? <laughs> and then just turns around and shows you his butt. You're like, the answer was yes. But <laughs> I'm never too shy to see that. Well, no, because I was so self-conscious about the way I was doing everything already. I was like, uh, I guess I have, but not as well as that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, good old cock talk. That's why, that's why people tune <laughs> that's why into this show. In. Their secret shame. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm real big into history. Uh, listen to history podcast all the time. <laughs> One of my buddies the other day was, he was asking about it. He's like, man, I'm really looking forward to checking it out. Because I'm, as you know, I'm not one of those dudes that like tells anybody I know in my oh, personal yeah. life about this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like an online gaming buddy I've had for years, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to checking it out, and oh, and he's like, uh, you know, I'm considered myself somewhat of a history buff, and I was like, well, <laughs> maybe don't listen. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Yeah, I was. I came home. A lot of cock talk. I came home Sunday, and my daughter had a friend stay over. And somehow, when her dad came to pick her up, it somehow came up that I have a podcast. I don't know how it came up. I wasn't there, obviously. Oh, no. Yeah, my wife's like, the guy, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. try. You know, I really like podcasts, really like history, I like funny things. She's like, yeah, but it's it's really crude. I was like, that's not how you describe this fucking podcast. Like, no. No. You have to be forthcoming. <laughs> yeah. It is immature penis jokes. Yeah. Like eighty percent. She's she should have said it makes me concerned for my marriage. Like, 
he makes that these jokes so often that part of it has to be true because that's part of comedy. <laughs> yeah. But she told me that she told me that story, and I'm like, well, guess that me and that guy will never be friends because he's about to lose all fucking respect for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Say, oh, that my daughter is not going back over to that fucking house. Yeah, there's no way she will ever <laughs> see her again. Well, just another thing you've done to ruin your kid's childhood. Yeah, that's fine. I don't have to pay for throw, that. Throw it in the pile. I don't have to pay for her therapy when she's an adult. That's her own fucking problem. <laughs> All right. Anyway, today, Greg, we are talking about Lewis and Clark. Superman show, mid-90s. Terry Hatcher. Dean Kane. You remember that one? Ventures of Lewis and Clark. Hmm. Nope. Okay, well, no one else does either, so I'm just over here alone. Just spinning the wheels. Yeah, just making 90s TV jokes all for myself. No, we're talking about Lewis and Clark, the people that, uh, the two dudes set out to find a passage to the Pacific Ocean. Um, pretty cool story. And our source today is Undaunted Courage by Stephen Ambrose. Pretty lengthy book about the, the story. Uh, I actually... He's one of my favorite history writers because, I don't know if you know this, but he wrote the book that the miniseries Band of Brothers was based on. That's where I know his name from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so very, very cool dude, very cool. His- I did not know that. Historical awesome. author, so. So far, if you had to twist my arm and say, do you recommend this book? I'd be like, eh. But, you know, a little bit more of this story to go, so maybe I'll change my feelings on it. I'll be like, hey, you know what? I thought about it after we did the second part of the show, and... You really should read this book because we only told you like one tenth of the story and then talked about how gay we were the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking today? Uh, today I am having a bullet bourbon. Uh, it is the Frontier whiskey, you know, 126 proof, barrel proof whiskey. Um, obviously, Frontier because that's where these guys were heading. They were heading out on the frontier of America. And they were drinking whiskey out of a barrel. That's all I got. How about you, sir? I am having 1792 foolproof. Oh. It's a it's a strong boy. Um, foolproof because we're giving you the no BS details about this story. We're not none of that half-proof shit. That's right. We're 100-proof history. Or in this case, I want to say it's like 126-proof history. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and also, 1792... Which is when Meriwether Lewis uh, dropped out of school. Oh, yeah. Which I'm recommending all of our 12-year-old <laughs> listeners do. Find a trade. College is fucking stupid now. God damn it is. This story is actually, we'll get into it, but this story is living proof that college is a waste of time. Also, that is not my real advice. Don't do that. Don't ruin your fucking life. Mm. Or if you do, just don't blame me. Yeah, and then just start a podcast. <laughs> Be millionaires like us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just just rolling in it over here. Well, Greg, are you ready to journey westward with Lewis and Clark? Oh, you already know. I can't wait. Our story begins on August 18th, 1774, when two cousins, William Lewis and Lucy Merriweather, had a son that they cleverly named Merriweather Lewis. They're sitting around, they're like, what should we name our son, honey? Oh, I don't know. Let's pick something easy for us to remember that'll also get him beaten to a fucking pulp in middle school. Yeah. William Lewis and Lucy Merriweather named their kid with their own names. Yeah. Narcissists. 
And they were cousins, so yeah. <laughs> not like they were known for making good decisions. <laughs> he's got the best of both of us. We're both retarded. <laughs> <laughs> but he's even more retarded. <laughs> but isn't that kind of the dream, you know? The forbidden fruit. Oh, yeah. You want to fuck your cousin? You know, step cousin, thank you. My cousin was uh, Russell, just... Mm. <laughs> he was, you know, a few years older than me, so mm-hmm. he was, like, ripped and shit before I was. I know your actual cousin listens to this show, so he's probably feeling very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> he's like, yeah, his name's not Russell. This is fiction. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Way to ruin the suspension of disbelief, Christopher. Changed his name to protect him. <laughs> Now he won't come to my pool parties anymore. <laughs> oh, you missed that spot with the suntan lotion. Let me get that. Yeah, let me let me oil you up. <laughs> you gotta really even out the tan. You know, sometimes your swim trunks, I know you're you're just putting it around the exposed areas, but sometimes they'll pull down on one area or another, and you don't want that tan line to be uneven. So let me just mm-hmm. go inside the waistband of the swim trunks here. Just get all this <laughs> nice and sunscreened. Yeah, you're rubbing on him, talking about how rocky your marriage is. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we are just not getting along. <laughs> we are not compatible at all. I feel so alone. This is SPF 30. <laughs> SPF stands for sucking penis fellows. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Too far. Too far. <laughs> Back the truck up, Greg. <laughs> That joke didn't happen. (laughs) It never happened. And I just fucking men in blacked your mind with the backup truck noise. You don't remember it? Let's press forward. Like adults. In 1775, the Revolutionary War broke out and William Lewis joined up with the Virginia militia. He was away from home fighting the war for most of Meriwether's first few years. In 1779, he came home to Georgia for a visit, and when he left, he and his horse were swept away in a river. William managed to swim to safety, but died of pea pneumonia two days later. There should never be a silent pea. I like queefs, Greg. No, God damn it. <laughs> what? <laughs> At five years old, Meriwether Lewis inherited 2,000 acres, 520 pounds in cash, 24 slaves, and 147 gallons of whiskey. God damn. This made him the second richest, drunk-as-fuck, slave-trading five-year-old in the United States. Who's first? Well, you'll have to find out on another episode, won't you? Mm-hmm. There's the tease. There's the tease. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. His mother realized that Georgia schools sucked butts, so when he was 13, Meriwether was sent to Virginia to get an education. He's the type of guy to, like, grow up and say he's a self-made man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Came from the mean streets of Atlanta. <laughs> Inheriting fucking 2,000 acres at five. <laughs> I'm just jealous. He runs for Congress so he can say, I'm from the South. I am just a simple 2,000 acre owning <laughs> five-year-old, 24 slaves. I know what you're going through, common folk. Vote for me. Five-year-old Meriwether. He, you know, speaks out publicly against homosexuality, but he's embroiled in a scandal. Oh, yeah. He's caught in an airport bathroom. Touching feet. Trying to fuck a, (laughs) you know, 17-year-old Asian boy. 
What was that Minnesota senator, right, or something like that that happened? I don't remember. This happened so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think the correct pronunciation is Minnesota. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So, just, you know, going forward. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. I'm sure it'll come up again in this story. Be kind to those Minnesotan people. Gotcha. Vikings suck. Although he was an avid reader, loved geography, and he was pretty good at science... Merriweather bailed on his education in 1792. Foolproof. Just before he turned 18. He moved his family up to Virginia and began work as a planter. And by quote unquote work as a planter, uh, we mean he told his slaves what to do because he was a wealthy southern landowner in the late 18th century. Well, speaking of which, this was about the time that Merriweather met a dude who had made a literal fortune off of slavery and it also unironically wrote a very famous document that stated, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That's right, Meriwether was best buds with Thomas Jefferson, who allegedly hated slavery, but just like George Washington, figured it was a problem for future generations to solve while he profited off of it. You know, these dudes gave a lot of lip service to the atrocities of slavery. Uh-huh. And- Speaking of lip service, oh, uh, I was at the glory hole the other day, mm-hmm. and I overheard a gentleman talking on the phone to his wife about the movie The Shining. Yeah. Did you know that Shelley Duvall, that, that scene where she's backing up the stairs with the, ba- the baseball bat swinging it at Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. that took 127 takes. Oh, wow. Which is the record for most number of takes in mm. a production. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. The things you learn while you're, you know... At the glory hole. Mm-hmm. Give them lip service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you started that, and you're like, speaking of lip service, it's like, oh God, here we go. I did not know I was actually going to learn something interesting. Yeah, man. I thought I was just going to get horribly aroused again. You go shut this thing down for a second. <laughs> Between the time the U.S. became an independent nation in the year 1792, Jefferson had twice tried to sponsor an American exploration across the continent. In May of 1792, he proposed it a third time. Lewis said he'd lead it, but Jefferson thought it was probably a pretty stupid idea to let a teenager lead this highly important expedition. Instead, he chose a Frenchman named André Michaud, who made it all the way to Kentucky before Jefferson learned that he was a French spy intent on using Americans to attack Spanish settlements, and he was sent back to France. Great time to go be sent back to France, 1792. You know, it's a nice peaceful time. Yeah, just in time for uh, a little something called the French Revolution. Yeah, he just, as soon as he steps off the boat, they just shove him the guillotine and chop off his head. Like, okay. (laughs) Next. Oh, I just wanted to see Paris. I'm I'm an American tourist. Into the guillotine. Here we go. (laughs) Disney World Paris. (laughs) That's what he gets for being fucking loud. (laughs) Little beast. Wearing his MAGA hat. Like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not this fucker. (laughs) Soon thereafter, the U.S. government put out a call for troops to quell the Whiskey Rebellion in Pennsylvania. Lewis joined up, but if you listen to episode 25 of this very podcast, you know that the rebellion fizzled out before there was any real fighting. 
Probably should have said that because that was kind of the... But the episode's still entertaining. Yeah, it was a dud ending. <laughs> <laughs> like all this drama. Go listen to it. All oh, the troops were coming. 13,000 George Washington at the lead. They're going to fuck some shit up. Knock at the door. Oh, fuck. Child opens the door and you frantically jump off and cover <laughs> each other. <laughs> Mommy, can we watch Sesame Street together? God damn it, get out of here, kid. I've got a big bird, but it's quickly turned into a small bird. <laughs> Just kidding. It's named Oscar because I'm about to put it back in your mom's trash can. <laughs> We weren't we weren't making love to have more kids. No, no. We were doing the dirty, the kind where you got to make sure you pee right after. Don't mind that smell. Don't mind it. It's natural. Yeah. But then the kid convinces the mom that she needs to leave the room, and you're just left there alone. With we did so much fucking prep work for this. I've been asking for this for six years, six goddamn years, and the kid had to wake up. Put down the tarp and everything. Looks like I'm taking this snuffleupagus to the bathroom. We'll take care of it there. (laughs) You look at your wife, you're like, hey, speaking of Sesame Street, can you you do the Count's accent? Tell me how many orgasms you had. (laughs) She's like, sure. None. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you too, bitch. Yes, so. Wait till you leave, and I'll look at some porn and tickle my Elmo. <laughs> and oh. then I'm going to masturbate. <laughs> I don't know any more characters. This joke is done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always did fancy myself more of a, like, Bert and Ernie guy, you know? Yeah. Just two single bros living in an apartment together. Mm-hmm. Sleeping in the same room. Just, I don't know. That's always been more of my speed. I remember, actually, there was a big controversy about that probably six, seven years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but where people were like, are Bart and Ernie gay? And like they posted all this evidence. And the people that make Sesame Street had to come out, the Jim Henson workshop or whatever, had to come out and say, they're puppets. They don't have legs. They have no <laughs> lower halves. <laughs> Well, that's my type of man. (laughs) They don't run away as fast. (laughs) Get back here, Stumpy. (laughs) It's like Kathy Bates in that movie Misery, you know? Mm -hmm. She uh, capped the dude, kneecapped him, and he can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A little personal slave. Yeah. (sighs) That's the dream. Okay, well, listeners, if you're looking for Christmas ideas for Greg, send him half of a puppet. And that- <laughs> <laughs> the bottom half. They're more <laughs> I've never seen the bottom half. <laughs> I think they wear pants. Why would they wear pants? It's never on screen. It's soft and felty. <laughs> Real quick. Get over here, Ernie. <laughs> I'm going to get you. I'm going to stuff this puppet, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Ernie, no. Look at me. (laughs) Let's jam. (laughs) Come on, Ernie. Just give me one dance. (laughs) I know you're always concerned about your rubber ducky. I'm concerned about another type of rubber. 
and not using them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Welcome back to our history podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Following the Whiskey Rebellion, Lewis remained in the army at the rank of Ensign and got into a bit of trouble for his strong political views and his love of whiskey. Sounds like my marriage. (laughs) She's a staunch libertarian and you're always fucking making fun of him. In 1795, he got into a drunk argument with a lieutenant and challenged him to a duel. Instead, the lieutenant had him court-martialed. Lewis was found not guilty, but he was transferred to another unit where he met a sharpshooter named William Clark. The two would only serve together for six months, but they became close friends. You love to see it. It is hard to make friends as an adult male, so that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Is it? Oh, yeah. I can't make friends. Like, hey, you, you like you like football and uh, drinking? You can come over and watch football and we can have some drinks. Like, are you coming on to me, sir? No. Then why are your pants off and why are you touching yourself inappropriately? I just do this sometimes when I'm nervous. It helps to touch the tip. Boop. Just go, like, 50 miles outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Find you a good gas station mm-hmm. where they got that really extra high... Roofs over the pumps. Yeah. You know, for all the big big rigs and all mm. that to fuel up. Uh-huh. Go hang out in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you make so many friends. You make so many friends. Uh-huh. You ever seen that movie Porky's? I have not seen Porky's, actually. Oh, well, it's kind of like that scene, you know, where they're... They got the hole in the wall and they're, they're watching the women shower or whatever. Ah, uh, okay. Puts his penis through it. What? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Wow, that's fucking crazy. Huh. I've never heard of it. A lot of glory to be had at a truck stop bathroom. That's all I'm saying. That's what those holes are for. In 1801, Thomas Jefferson became the third president of the United States. He immediately renewed his plan to send an expedition westward. At the time, the U.S. stretched from the East Coast to the Mississippi River and south to the Gulf of Mexico but the overwhelming majority of people lived within 50 miles of the coasts. In fact, only four roads crossed the Appalachian Mountains, and anything heavier than a letter took two months to get from the Mississippi to the Atlantic. And this actually reminds me of a true story, where I ordered something on Amazon that wasn't Prime, and my wife just chewed me out. Like, I was not expecting it. Like, I was like, what the fuck? She's like, it's not Prime. You're paying for shipping? It's going to take like three weeks to get here? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you look for something that's primes? Well, I just I just needed that one thing. I didn't I didn't know any better. And then she takes out the belt again. Just starts <laughs> striking me. I think we've had two episodes where I've ordered the books that we're reading for it mm-hmm. because I buy it from, you know, third party. Because I like to get the hardcovers, man. Mm-hmm. But you get them used. And uh there's been a couple times now where the book has actually arrived after the episode. So I will have had to have like gone on Audible and get the fucking audio book or something ridiculous because then I get it and I'm like, well, I don't fucking read it. No, <laughs> you know, done with this. And then somebody asks you a question about that episode or the, you know the topic of the episode, I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who cares? Done with that shit. Like, you realize I'm drunk on those episodes, right? I don't remember any of that shit. Oh yeah, that's true. 
I don't roofie myself, so I intentionally forget all this stuff. So I can have a, a normal <laughs> life, you know, Monday through Friday. Just show up to work. I'm a normal guy. Never had a homosexual thought in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love the homeless. <laughs> it's normal to have electrodes attached to your testicles and shock yourself every time you see a shirtless guy. That's perfectly normal. <laughs> I'm slightly concerned about my wife having a boyfriend, especially while I'm at the house, but it's overwhelmingly normal. Yeah. Maybe that's why I can't make any male friends. I'm just constantly singing about the tragedies of my life as I'm walking through like the grocery store. Go up to Subway. Uh, yes, I'll have a, a six-inch meatball marinara on wheat. Because my wife is currently servicing her boyfriend. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> That's uh, like, uh, excuse me, what? Do you want it no. toasted? Or... <laughs> that takes extra time, right? That's the next 30 seconds. Maybe he'll be done by the time you are... <laughs> But now that I'm thinking about him, I should probably change that to a foot long because <laughs> of his wiener, folks. <laughs> Please ignore my tears. I'm just seriously depressed. <laughs> you run to the bathroom cry. Now you can hear somebody in the bathroom going, gotta pull this gun out, blow my fucking head off. <laughs> 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 The veil of this gun is very salty. <laughs> and then you just casually walk out and uh, two cookies, please. Oh, and these are Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips. Thank oh, you. yeah. Love them. Love kettle chips. So good, right? They're just like, like terrified. Like they've already dialed nine one. <laughs> They're just waiting to see what happens. <laughs> see if they know all the extra one. <laughs> oh, Mondays. Am I right? <laughs> I'll see you later, guys. Finger guns at them. As <laughs> you walk out the door, your shirt is covered in the obvious signs of masturbation. Guy <laughs> <laughs> just had a gun in his mouth thirty seconds ago in the bathroom. What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> Only the pain is real. <laughs> this 10 minute segment was brought to you by Subway. Eat fresh. <laughs> oh, unless you're that Jared guy. Then, uh, you know, rotten prison. Yeah. Die, you fucker. Well, anyway. Well, Jefferson had been elected president and he wanted to send somebody west, but in the meantime, he hired Meriwether Lewis to be his secretary. Jefferson was a 58-year-old widower with two grown daughters. Lewis was a 27-year-old childless bachelor. They were also the only two people who lived in the president's house. Do you think, uh... Do you think he made Lewis wear, like, thigh highs? <laughs> <laughs> Walking around the house? Like, just, you know, there's the implication there. He's not gonna, like, require it, but... Yeah. Hey, why don't you uh, wear something a little more sexy tomorrow? It's, uh, you know, listen, it's not sexual, but if you would wear my dead wife's clothes and then spoon with me, you know, just, I'm just so alone. Just, just let, me, let me cry into your bosoms. 
Actually, uh, sir, I don't have bosoms. Put this on. Now you do. <laughs> Actually, it did make me think that it would make a pretty great sitcom. Like, or like Jefferson is a horny old man and he's living life to the fullest, but he has to put up with Meriwether, who's the uptight secretary who just wants to work, but he has to live with Jefferson because he's broke. Mm-hmm. We'd call it something like uh, Doubting Thomas. As a matter of fact, Greg, I sent you a, a little spec script. Do you want to just go through that you real, did. real quick? I'll I'll do the I'll do the actions and the Meriwether Lewis parts, and you can do the Jefferson parts. I think we'll just run through it. You ready? That's fair. Meriwether Lewis sits at a desk writing. Thomas Jefferson rushes into the room. Meriwether, tell me you have some condoms. Sally Hemings is on her way over with some wine coolers. Mr. President, please, I am working on your speech for the State of the Union. Oh, right now there's only one union I'm worried about the state of. Jefferson makes a circle with his left index finger and thumb, and then repeatedly shoves his right index finger inside the circle. (laughs) Fine, I think I have one in my wallet. Lewis pulls out his wallet and hands Jefferson the condom. Jefferson looks at it, bewildered. Extra small? I guess I was wrong about all men being created equal. Uh, CBS will buy it, I'm sure. That's right up their fucking alley. Well, two major things happened early on in the Jefferson presidency as it relates to this story. First, Jefferson contacted the French in an effort to purchase the city of New Orleans, which he needed as a port for shipping goods. Also, a British explorer had made his way across the entirety of Canada. His trip had sucked, and his route wasn't viable for trade, but when Jefferson and Meriwether read his book, they once again got all horny to find a route to the Pacific Northwest. They really did. They read it, and it was like, He's like, this won't work. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. You're like, but what if we did it? And it worked. <laughs> hmm. Big brain moment. We're smarter than the Brits. Stupids. They lost to us. Bunch of idiots. In the summer of 1802, Jefferson decided an expedition was going to happen, and Lewis was going to lead it. In the following six months, Jefferson taught Lewis everything he knew about geography, botany, mineralogy, astronomy, and anthropology. I'm sorry, but I did not see the ancient art of astrology in this list. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, says here, you're a Taurus. Well, since you're very strong-willed, but uh, you're probably going to die on a expedition across the continent? Well, we'll just scratch that part what? out. It says I'm a Taurus. It's funny, because I feel more like a Mercury Sable. <laughs> And that's kind of what we're getting back to earlier. We we're talking about dropping out of college or school and never going to college because it's a waste of time. In six months, this dude learned all this shit. He didn't have to take a math class. He didn't take a fucking physical education class or speech 1302 for some goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. University system, the four-year degree, man, that's that's a rip-off. Underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Just If you're in college right now, just drop out. Just give up. Just, uh... Start a podcast, but not about history, because we've got that market cornered. Don't you fucking start a history podcast. I'll find <laughs> you. Lewis then began planning his expedition and figured it would cost a flat $2,500 to fund the whole trip, with 696 for Indian presents being the largest budget item. The best part about Indian presents 
is you get them back. <laughs> no, you can't do that. A, that breaks the rules. Is that what where that comes from, like treaties? I don't know where that phrase actually comes from. Indian giver, if you've never heard that racist fucking phrase. I don't I was under the impression that was a real thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, I don't I have no idea where it comes from. I don't know the etymology of Indian giving. Well now I'm wondering It's just a joke, people. Is it making fun of the white people for giving things to the Indians and then taking them back? Or is it some sort of racist thing like, oh, you're an Indian who gave me something, and then you took it? Like, I don't know. If only there was a way to find out, but there's not, so... Yep. I wish there was something in this world where, like, you could submit a question. Uh-huh. And it would return different results to you that you could find out just information on the fly. But until then... It'd be really cool if it was, like, a virtual butler. Like... I don't know, something like Jeeves with his name, and you just, like, ask him questions and he'd answer them? That'd be pretty cool. There's no way that exists anymore, does it? I don't think so. <laughs> These 12-year-olds aren't going to know what askjeeves.com is. Askjeeves.com. Where does it go? It just goes to ask.com. Jeeves is dead. They removed Jeeves from the <laughs> equation? Yeah. <laughs> no wonder they're failing. Congress approved the funds, and Lewis began to amass weapons, dry goods, and medicine from Dr. Benjamin Rush, the doctor who had drained George Washington of all of his blood before he died. The pills Rush gave Lewis were called thunderclappers. They consisted of mercury and chlorine and made the patient violently shit out everything in their body. That's how you cure what ails you. Just poop it all out. I've got a couple buddies that are in like a uh, flash mob. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, they go to malls and then just quickly rip off, you know, all their clothes and twerk in front of families. And they're also called thunderclappers. <laughs> they're, they're bigger gentlemen. <laughs> but they, they write, like, political messages. Like, it says, end apartheid across their ass cheeks. But they're so large, you can actually... <laughs> In apartheid. <laughs> They're not up to date, okay? They're like 30 years late. Okay. Yeah. It says impeach Nixon on one of them. <laughs> Lewis knew he'd need another leader for his expedition, and so he wrote to his old friend, William Clark, who had left the military and was living it up in beautiful Clarksville, Indiana. I wonder where they got that name. <laughs> Very creative. Clark wrote back, agreeing to join the expedition, and Lewis gave Clark the equal rank of captain. Meanwhile, Jefferson was dealing with the French in his efforts to get New Orleans. He threatened France with war, but Napoleon was busy fighting elsewhere, and he knew he couldn't defend his territory in America. Instead, he sold the entirety of Louisiana territory to the U.S. for $15 million. This 825,000 square miles of land stretched from modern-day Louisiana northwest all the way to modern-day Montana, effectively doubling the size of the country. This also meant that Lewis's expedition was all the more important. He'd be exploring American territory and was instructed to tell any Native American tribes he met they had a new father in Thomas Jefferson. Call me Daddy. Mm. Leather Daddy. Uh, I don't know if we should do that, uh... Mr. President. Oh, no. They'll love it. Everybody loves a daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis made his way to Pittsburgh, where he oversaw the construction of the boat he'd planned on taking down the Ohio River to the Mississippi River, 
From there, they take the Missouri River north, and then west to the Columbia River, and on to the Pacific. The boat was 55 feet long and weighed about 12 tons. Have you seen a picture of this thing? Yeah. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's that they had like that many people on it. Oh, yeah. Because it's not a big boat, like yeah. you would think for, you know, four dozen men almost or whatever. Yeah, I guess they, yeah, I, actually I know this, they would pull it over and camp on the banks or whatever. But yeah, still mm-hmm. having like 40 dudes on there for like hours at a time had to be super fucking cramped. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you, Greg. When I was about to read the sentence, I was about to say it was powered by orgasm. I was like, nope, that's not right. My houseboat would go nowhere if that was the case. <laughs> unless they counted mine. <laughs> they count my little dribble that comes out. And, like, I have to wipe the, it. The, the bead on the tip. You're going to get a wet wipe for it. <laughs> the boat moves like half an inch in the water. Like, oh, God, I got to do that again. Uh, you guys are going to have to give me a few days. It's limp before the beat even fully forms. <laughs> it's already back to the limp state. <laughs> it recedes back into the fucking hairy thatch that you have done. <laughs> it's like a prairie dog going down its hole. <laughs> like immediately, where's that reverse slide whistles? <laughs> Clean it out of your hair. <laughs> That's oh, disgusting. God. You are disgusting. <laughs> Oh, continue. (laughs) It was powered by (laughs) oarsmen, but it did have a sail that could be used if the wind was blowing the right way. (laughs) Which, it basically never was. No, very rarely, yeah. Like, they knew that they were pretty much going to have to track up this river against the way the the wind normally blew. Yeah. And we'll get to a little bit more of that in a minute. It took a month longer to build the boat than Lewis had thought it would, because the builder was a drunk who hardly ever worked. Yeah, give me something, Wolf Day. Hey, hey. 100 proof history. <laughs> but on August 31st, 1803, the boat was complete, and Lewis set out for Clarksville, Indiana, to pick up his BFF, William Clark. The expedition had officially begun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's time to get in the meat of this story. Mm. Mm. That's my favorite part. I like how I, every time we do one of these shows, the first half is me talking about setup details. If it was the instructions to how to build something, it would be the page that just tells you all the parts that came with it. And the warning. Yeah, and that no one pays attention to. They skipped a page Safety one. Safety warning, yeah. Skipped a page one, and step one is like, take part G. And they're like, oh, what the Don't acknowledge it. I like having the meat. <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, Gregory, I feel like that's a good time to take a break. You can come back and give us the meat. I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. I think you mentioned uh, food earlier. Oh, it was a Subway meatball sub. I think I'm going to do that in the break. Also, you know, the whole crying in the bathroom thing and furiously masturbating. Get the gun. <laughs> yeah, that, that part's going to happen too, but... Uh, Don't me... forget to toast it. Yeah, that's the best part. Brought to you by Subway. Eat fresh. It's good to have Wolf Dick back so he can play that piano. Get us back into the 
the spirit of things here. With his eyeballs. Yeah. Because remember, listener, he is a paraplegic. He's an invalid producer. Yeah. What, what is it? He's got control of uh, one eyeball, an index finger, and his penis? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I can still okay. play classical piano like a fucking champ. Unless he lost that ability, you know, while he was uh, fighting death. Like, he was being pushed away from the light. It's like, oh no, you go back and suffer some more. (laughs) No heaven for you. (laughs) Fuck you pieces of shit. God isn't real and neither is the success of this show. Whoa! (laughs) Hey, come on! I plugged him back in, in the break. I'm sorry, Let let me fix that now. He's a part of the show. Why would he insult it so hard? He's like, please, God, no. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, God. Now uh, he's real. Uh, oh, okay. And this plug's pulled. All right. We're good. Just costs every one of our religious listeners, whatever. Monster. <sighs> it's, it's, well, hey, that's Wolf Dick's views, people. Yeah. Okay. He now, does not represent this show. Now they know why we've never let him talk before because he's a horrible person. We just milk him for his money and his producing abilities. 100 Proof History. <laughs> anyway, how was your break, Greg? That was fine, you know. Stuff and things. Life goes on. Um, like the sands through the hourglass. Oh, okay. Almost been know. nice. Such are the days of our lives. Well, I got a call from management while you're on break. I don't know why they didn't call, mm-hmm. they didn't call you, because you're the main host. They called me. And they were talking about failed bits and losing listeners, and they're going to shut us down if we keep offending people with all of our Hmm. talk about blowing our brains out in the bathroom of a subway. Classic corporate censorship. It's bullshit, man. The the thing they were really upset about- They need us more than we need them. The thing they were really upset about was that we talked about someone killing themselves in subway, and like it's such a happy place. No one would ever kill themselves in a subway. Like, come on, guys. Eat fresh. We're like, God damn it. How many times do we have to say this before you release us from this indentured servitude? I'm pretty sure uh, their spokesman, Jared, was diddling three inchers in the bathroom. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> three inchers? Well, you know, Subway's oh, six okay. inch and foot long, but he's touching kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm getting another call for management. All right, it says play the outro music. We're done. All right, I'll see you guys later. Oh, God, no. No. Oh, they're shutting us down. We're getting canceled. Says here we're going to be a uh, movie review podcast now. Oh, okay, all right. We'll give that a try. There's not 8,000 of those. Uh. (laughs) Oh, no, they said we're doing a fantastic job. They loved it. They loved everything we were doing. Uh, They do want us to sneak in six mentions. Of Subway's new chicken teriyaki sub in the second half. If we can work that in naturally into this Lewis and Clark story. Okay. Well, Greg, you know what goes really well with sitting in one of those Subways that's attached to a truck stop. And the guy behind the counter is also the cashier. He looks like he's been smoking meth and he's been awake for six days. You know what really goes well with that? If you walk back to the little refrigerated section, grab yourself a second half seltzer. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. All right. And three, 
two, one. I'm having a mango because nothing goes better with the tropical taste of a chicken teriyaki sub than a mango flavored seltzer. I like it. <sighs> what is that? Two? We're up to two? We did it? We're, we're at two. Okay. Coincidentally, I'm also having mango and passion fruit. Oh, doubling up. Yeah. The tropical flavors. But it's the not good one I was having last week, so. Oh. Just got to clear them out. That's not, you know, it's not bad, but I, yeah, I'm not going to pour it. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> I'm not going to throw these things away. It was $6. Come on. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> they were actually more expensive when I, I was looking at, uh, you know, at the grocery store. You got the little refrigerated doors. Yeah. You got 8,000 beers, but they've got like one door of seltzers. And it's, I'm looking at them. Ooh, that one's more expensive. I'm going to get it. Yeah. I'm a fool. How much was it? I'm such a fool. Uh, I think a 12-er was like 17 bucks. Totally not worth it, huh? No. Would not recommend that particular brand we won't name. That is correct. Does not go well with a chicken teriyaki sub from Subway. You know what? They say you couldn't do it. Because it's it's such a good sandwich, you Man, know. Nailed it. I think it'd be impossible to find something that doesn't pair with that sandwich. Like if you said, here, you're going to have a, uh, a just a whole bottle of Maalox or Xlax. Just chug this Kaopectate and eat this Subway. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a good pairing to me. So I just need to fire this motherfucker out. Just. You're such a good advertiser. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, Gregory, I think it's time for the second half of this story. Okay. I guess it's my turn. Yep. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) Well, guys, because it was approaching fall, the Ohio River was low and slow. Just like I like my ladies. This meant that the journey from Pittsburgh to Clarksville took a month and a half, with Lewis arriving to pick up Clark on October 15th. Clark and Lewis then picked the men that would be traveling with them. Nine of them were sworn into the U.S. Army, officially creating the Corps of Discovery. In addition to these nine men and the two captains, there were about 30 other civilians and William Clark's slave companion, York. Lewis also brought his puppy dog, Seaman. Very proud of you for putting that comma in there so hard. Because if you read that sentence too fast, then it gets very confusing. (laughs) He brought his puppy dog semen. (laughs) Why do you need that? Why is that important? It was in his mouth the whole time, so he was having to he was having to write everything on a piece of paper. Just just gargling it. God damn it. Hey Lewis, what's going on? What'd you say? He's Hits the piece of paper and starts writing on it. Like, what's the deal here? My mouth is full of puppy dogs. Dog semen in my mouth. God damn it. Oh, at least it was a consenting adult dog. No. Oh, no. Oh, get another call from management. I'm just going to hit ignore. It's just puppy gonna... dog semen. <laughs> just ignoring oh, that one. It doesn't taste near as good as a six-inch <laughs> chicken teriyaki sub <laughs> from Subway. That's four. We did it. Two more. And we're just now starting. We got a long way to go. We can do this. 
some guy's driving his car and looks over at his dog. He's like, they're just kidding. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Bringing it home from the vet. Dog, dog's got like the puppy, the puppy dog eyes looking up like, that's, that's not you, right? He's like, that's kind of fucked up, right? No, man. No, no. Ah. It's a weird. Ugh. People haven't done that in hundreds of years. <sighs> he adjusts his crotch. <laughs> Dog slowly climbs into the back seat. <laughs> oh, that is wrong. We do not agree with that joke. That's all you have to say Yeah Absolves you of everything I completely disagree with what we just said Just complete bullshit (laughs) On October 26th The Lewis and Clark expedition set out from Clarksville Their trip to the Mississippi River Was fairly uneventful The only negative note in Lewis's journals Came on November 18th When the men discovered an illegal trading post That primarily sold whiskey Lewis told the men to stay on the boat, but they got hammered drunk instead. Two days later, they reached the Mississippi and turned upstream. From there, they'd be going against the current until they reached the Rocky Mountains. Going upstream was a massive pain in the ass. And I have that on good authority. Yeah. Our sexy host, Christopher. He's he's got a pretty good one to ten on what is a pain in the ass. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Pe- penis joke, guys. This is somewhere between bad dragon and fire hydrant. Between what? Going upstream is somewhere mm-hmm. between the bad dragon, bad dragon. Yeah, the the. The dragon penis dildo. Have you not seen this? Oh, I'm just supposed to know. You just say yeah. that offhand, like it's I'm. A kiss- uh, I'm the weirdo because I've shoved a dragon-themed dildo up my ass. Okay, fine. (laughs) I'm just an uncultured swine, I guess. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Well, if the water was deep enough, the men could row against the tide. If it was shallow, they'd use long poles to push the boat along the bottom of the river. And if it was super shallow, like it'd be once they got to the Missouri River, they'd tie a rope to it and all the men would have to go ashore or close to it, and pull the boat up the river. That sounds like fucking hell. Yeah, even just putting the poles in the water and shoving it in the ground and, like, pushing against the tide. It sounds awful. So our main source likes to do this thing, like, every once in a while. It's like, and this is the first thing that happened west of the Mississippi. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, he likes to do all this. Right. All these guys got fucking lied to. They were the first guys... West of the Mississippi to get lied to by their army recruiters. Because they're like, oh yeah, it's going to be a fun trip. You're going to go up these rivers and you're going to see the whole country. You're going to meet some interesting people. It's going to be real fun. It's going to be a a walk in the park. And this guy's just like shoving this metal fucking pole on the ground and like trying to push a goddamn 12-ton boat down the river. Just shirt off, all sweaty, Mm -hmm. muscular. Dog tags. Dangling between his pecs. Mm-hmm. He's obviously out of uniform, but it's harsh conditions. Nobody's going to say yeah. anything. Nobody's going to say, yeah. So Army Rex. Some, some Credence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. on the radio. Huey helicopters flying above. Yeah. Charlie right around every corner. You don't know. <sighs> yeah. Will he see his wife and kid again? I don't know. It's not what he's yeah. thinking of in the moment. Yeah. 
when you two were in the same foxhole that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I, I was, yeah, uh, yeah, losing uh, Clark though. <laughs> losing Clark though. Just thinking about a story your uncle told you. <laughs> well, no, he liked to uh, he liked to pantomime his stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't do a lot of talking. It was more demonstration. This is how I dove into those Viet Cong tunnels. Jesus Christ. Face first. (laughs) And like we mentioned earlier, occasionally these guys would get lucky and the wind would blow them upstream, but those days were few and far between. They reached St. Louis in early December of 1803 and built a fort known as Camp Wood, a little upriver from there. Soon thereafter, eight men arrived from Kentucky. They had heard about the expedition and wanted to join. Lewis hired four of them. Now, you have to remember, this is the early 1800s. These guys traveled all the way from Kentucky to St. Louis, which is like a six-month journey, even though the actual trip's only been going on for like four months. And they get there, he's like, uh, you're hired, you're hired, you're hired, and you're hired. The rest of you can fuck off. Like, what are they supposed to do? Do they, like... Take the slow boat back to Kentucky, or they just become permanent citizens of St. Louis. You know, I don't know. I don't know what these guys do. It's just such a shitty position that they all like, yeah, let's give up our lives and go help on this expedition. He's like, mm, I don't like the cut of your jib, sir. Son of a bitch. Maybe he didn't want any of them, mm-hmm. but if he could basically split the forces, like, all right, uh, h- half you. Yeah, now you're on my side. What are the other half going to do? Just go in the wilderness and bunk down together? Yeah. Wait for a bear to come along because it's just four twinks, you know? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Management doesn't have to call me. This time I'm actually texting them my resignation. (laughs) I'm done with this show. (laughs) Come on, man. <laughs> Some guys having a good time. What's wrong with that? Just getting away from the trappings of life? Go up in those Appalachian Mountains, spend some time together? <laughs> in February, Lewis and Clark were off in St. Louis, different spelling, running errands. They left a sergeant named Ordway in charge of Camp Wood. Three men told Ordway they were going hunting. He told them to stay. They told him to go fuck himself and went hunting, which was actually code for going to a whiskey trading post and getting college freshman sorority girl drunk. You know, they're all showing her titties to the wilderness. (laughs) Like the trees would throw them beads? I don't know how that works. (laughs) When Lewis returned, he was pretty pissy about it, but he realized that the men had been at Camp Wood for four months without women or anything productive to do, and they're bored as fuck. Why do you think they called it Camp Wood? Lewis decided to let it slide. On May 22, 1804, the expedition set off again. They turned up the Missouri River and headed north. From here on out, they would receive no more letters, no fresh supplies, and no reinforcements. Lewis could receive no more orders from Jefferson. They were truly on their own. In addition to having to constantly fight against the flow of the river, 
The boat was now on the faster Missouri River, which meant things like trees and logs were hurled down the river at the boat. You know, because nobody had ever done this. And so there's tons of overgrown trees just, you know, stretching out over the river as trees are wont to do. Yeah. And then a tree dies and falls in the river and is just coming down the river at like 40 I don't claim to be an expert in tree motivation, but... They stretch out over the river for some reason. You know, Commit suicide. Maybe. Maybe we do have a uh, tree mental health problem in this country. Yeah, and we're ignoring it. It's sad. Yeah. It uh, creates a lot of dead wood. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that stuff, you know, coming from upriver... This meant a dude had to basically stand at the front of the ship and call out the obstacles. And since the boat didn't have a rudder, which, as you non-shipfaring people <laughs> probably don't know, that's what steers oh. a boat, you idiots. <laughs> Golly. The, uh, the men would have to run from one side of the boat to the other to actually shift the weight to get it to turn. I wanted to be the guy at the front just to fuck with people. Like, oh, oh, left, make him run. left, left, left. <laughs> <laughs> like half a mile down the river, we run aground because I'm just laughing my ass off. I'm like, right, 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 right. <laughs> and then they hang you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it was worth it. I've always wanted to be hung. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. Trust me and my wife. <laughs> Unfortunately, in the summer of 1804, it seems like Lewis just stopped keeping a journal, or maybe his journals were lost, we don't know, because we don't have his half of the story up until nearly the end of the year. Actually, Greg, um, I was able to track down uh, a page from one of his missing journals. Okay. It's, it took a lot of research, a lot of work, but I was able to track it down, so I'm, I would like to uh, present a dramatic reading of that page, if you would allow me that. I will allow it. Okay. Dearest Diary, guess who has two thumbs and is super drunk on whiskey? Sorry, I had to stop writing to point my thumbs at myself because it's me, Merriweather. Fuck, I hate that name. Things are going pretty, 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 pretty great on this river trip just hanging with my bros and finding new animals and killing the shit out of them and then giving them cool names today I found a bird that I named the land seagull but Clark said it was just a chicken he's so smart (laughs) and he smells really nice and he has a really pretty smile I'm not into dudes you know I'm all about that clam but, uh, we've been on the river for so long, so, uh, who knows? You know, right? <laughs> oh, oh, shh, 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 shh. He's coming over. Be quiet. Be quiet. Oh, shit, he's asking what I'm writing. I told him I was writing his butt. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. He thought I said I was writing his butt. Oh, now he wants to read it. Oh, um, oh, I'm going to accidentally drop this book in the fire. There, I did it. Oh, ow. Oh, shit, I should probably stop writing now. My hands are getting pretty badly burned. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Meriwether Lewis, July 1804. 
500 proof history. <laughs> All right. And as you can see on Zoom, Greg, this is a actual copy of that letter singed on the edges from that fire. Very cool. Uh, very priceless. And uh, we're done with it now. Goodbye, letter. You've served your purpose. Mm-hmm. This is your higher calling. <laughs> well, instead of that probable journal entry, mm-hmm. we get to hear from William Clark, who was real good at telling his own story and describing the things they were seeing. Kind of sucked about talking about anyone else. For example, his journal entry from May 23rd reads as such. Captain Lewis ascended the hill, which has peninsulas projecting and raged pints to the river and was near falling from a peninsula of rocks 300 feet. He caught at 20 foot, saved himself by the assistance of his knife. Now, we know that sounds like gibberish, but he's basically saying that Lewis fell off of a fucking 300 foot high cliff above the water, and saved his own life by stabbing his knife into the cliff and stopping after about a 20-foot fall. But Clark wrote about it like he was describing how he bought a pair of shoes. Like, it was very, like, eh, eh. This, this happened. <laughs> I, I think maybe he was just salty. Because I was like, hey, Clark, go look at the flowers. Go name some flowers, Clark. Like, <laughs> Lewis is off having adventures. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. He he fought off a bear and, you know. Yeah, he's very he, aggressive. He kept buying me yeah. drinks. <laughs> he's had no overalls on, no. but no, but no uh, undershirt. I'm just here with my friend Greg, just, just for emotional chest. support. <laughs> well, drunkenness continued to be a problem. And again... This story continues to remind me of my marriage. <laughs> On June 28th, the two men who were on guard duty decided to tap into the whiskey supply. Mm. They got drunk and loud and were caught. Uh, everybody was sleeping, and they just hear Cool and the Gang's celebration start playing. It's like, Yahoo! It's a celebration. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. And it's just playing on that one new one of the guards' phone. He's like, listen to this shit, man. Everybody right? everybody's asleep, but one of them has like a little Bluetooth speaker they've connected to, and you just hear <laughs> I wake up like, what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah, he's got his phone out and he's like, You haven't heard of Technotronic? Listen to this shit. Here we go. Both men were court martialed. One man pleaded guilty and received 50 lashes with a whip. The other pleaded not guilty. He got 100 lashes. And you know what, listener? The discipline fun didn't stop there. In July, one man was on guard duty and fell asleep. He got 100 lashes. In August, a private named Reed ran off with a rifle and ammunition. When he was caught, he had to run the gauntlet four times. That meant, basically, every man got to whip him as he ran past him, which equated to about 500 lashes. That's just fun for everybody, though. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look at this idiot. <laughs> okay. Stop! Stop! You want to join our sorority? Here we go. <laughs> he was also stripped of his commission and told he'd be shipped back to St. Louis the next spring. Oh. 
well, not as fun anymore. He still got to hang out with everybody for like another winter. It was so. a good night, you know. It was a good night. <laughs> harder, harder, daddies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Don't hold back. <laughs> All the men were getting sick from a lack of fruits and vegetables, drinking dirty water, and the massive clouds of mosquitoes that followed them around. To solve the drinking water problem, the men were told to dip their cups below the surface and get the water underneath. That's how it works. That's exactly how it works. They didn't know shit about eating vegetables to get vitamins and cure their ailments, so they downed a whole lot of Dr. Rush's thunderclap pills and shit anywhere and everywhere. I feel so better. Oh, God, it hurts so bad. It's My what stomach's I don't get cramping. about the story, man. It's like these dudes are, they think this is like a cure-all pill. Yeah. But they're taking something that is making them violently ill <laughs> because it has literal poisons in it. Oh, it's just like when some masseuse who has no medical training whatsoever gives you a big massage and they're like... Make sure you drink lots of water to flush out the toxins. Like, what fucking toxins? What are you talking about? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, that's how they felt. Like, Dr. Benjamin Rush was just rubbing them. Like, hey, make sure you poop all this shit out. I'll make you feel better. Clean out that colon. Masseuse. Like, it's like a doctor masseuse. (laughs) He's just rhyming the whole time. One nip, two nip, three dick, four coffee table shit. (laughs) What? I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. It's a truck. (laughs) It's not just me. If only I had more time to think about this. (laughs) Well, listener, on August 30th, Sergeant Charles Floyd died. Most likely from a ruptured appendix. And you're just making jokes. You piece of shit. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bump. Hey! That man had a family. They're probably still alive and listening to this podcast. Just crying their eyes out. He earned the proud distinction to be the first U.S. soldier to die west of the Mississippi. As the expedition continued up the Missouri River, they came across the Yankton Indian tribe. Through an interpreter, Lewis explained that their new father was Thomas Jefferson, and he'd like to take them to Washington to meet the president. And uh, if they refused, new daddy, better daddy, leather daddy would give them a spanking. (laughs) You guys ever hear this gauntlet thing? It's so erotic. (laughs) We don't even wear condoms. (laughs) <laughs> Pump up the jam <laughs> Pump up the jam Pump it up <laughs> So stupid This show's so dumb <laughs> It is He also gave them some trinkets, some military medals, and an American flag. They said they'd go, but they didn't want us trash. They wanted guns and ammo. Lewis politely declined and headed upriver. It was a little different from the uh, Columbus story. He's like, hey, you want some beets? 
You want this little bell? It goes ring ding ding ding. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Fuck yeah, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lewis is like, here's a medal. It says you're the best Indian. <laughs> Look at that. Mm, we've been dealing with the French for years. Giving us way better shit. Look at those guns you guys are carrying. You have lots of guns. Can we have some of those? Oh, no, no, no. These? <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Segregation is still a thing. These are whites-only guns. <laughs> These are not for savages. <laughs> yeah. But he does that old, like, fake punch across the chin. He's like, oh, you, you rapscallion. <laughs> you rapscallion, you. That's he funny. Almost tussles his hair. Almost had me there thinking... That I should arm you so you could resist us when we eventually take all your lands and send you to live in Oklahoma. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, rascals. Further up the river were the Sioux Indians, and they were also incredibly underwhelmed with Lewis's offerings. They wanted guns and tobacco. Lewis invited them aboard the ship and offered them each whiskey, and they fucking loved it. They refused to get off the boat and had to be forced into their canoes. It's me at closing time. <laughs> that bartender has to shove my drunk ass right in the fucking car door. <laughs> He's got to put me in that driver's seat, otherwise I ain't leaving. <laughs> he shoves me outside, he takes my arm behind my back and like pulls it up so it hurts a little, and he's like shoving me outside, and he's like, what the fuck, why is there a canoe out here? Oh, keep what? it up, this, bar daddy. This is a fucking public street, and you got a canoe? He's like, yeah, just, just throw me in there. Just throw me, yeah, I'll, I'll paddle home. It's fine, I don't know more. Oh. <laughs> I get pulled over, canoeing down the street. Gup's like, you been drinking tonight? I'm like, make sure any of that. Not enough semen. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> Get it, semen, because I'm in a canoe, see? And um, we're going down the river. I'm a seaman. <laughs> yes. Just like Meriwether Lewis's dog. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? The <sighs> He arrests you on suspicion of DUI just for the words that you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Meriwether Lewis, his dog has semen. I don't understand. This is all going in my report. <laughs> Straight to Gen Pop with you, drunky. He switches the body cam off. You blow him. You get set free. <laughs> no. This is America. He switches the body camera off. I blow him. He switches back on. He's like, okay, time to go to jail. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> what about what happened? He's like, what are you talking about? My camera's been on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I'd like you to send me a copy of the video so I can jerk off to it later. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> We've lost every listener we've ever had in this episode. Fuck them! <laughs> I only care about you and me. And our unspoken and eternal matrimony. Well, at this point, guns and swords were drawn. The Sioux pulled their arrows and raised their bows. Lewis and Clark had been ordered by Thomas Jefferson to avoid conflict. And although they had the technological advantage, they were greatly outnumbered by the Sioux. But they refused to back down. 
Luckily for them, the Sioux warriors thought better of it and let go of the canoes that the expedition's members were trying to take back to the ship. Their chief, Black Buffalo, refused to allow the expedition to continue upriver and demanded more tribute. Clark threw a single carrot of tobacco at his feet and told him to deal with it. The chief asked them if they were willing to die over tobacco, at which point Lewis angrily threw a shitload of tobacco carrots at the chief and his warriors. You want some tobacco? Take it! Take it all! You fucking bitches! And he's yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's what, we, what we wanted. Cool, yeah. thanks. <laughs> well, the Native Americans laughed, took their tribute, and allowed the expedition to continue. In the fall, they met with the Mandan tribe. 100 Proof History. Dan! Nobody's talking to you! What are you doing? Why are uh, you back here? Jesus. I let him in, you insolent fucks. Fuck you, wolf dick! Golly, God, it's like how the- does this thing get plugged in? Dan, you plugged his shit in. Get the fuck out. Jesus. How did the bottom two members of this podcast get so much power? Like, I know, I know, I'm number two. <laughs> uh, but these guys, they're fucking fringe characters on this show, and they're fucking just taking over. Well, because we're busy doing shit, and so, you know, goddamn Dan can sneak just- in and try and steal food and shit, and... I think him and Wolf Dick are having an affair. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. They probably got jealous after watching us. Um, we're not having an affair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering what you meant there. <laughs> yeah. I'm having an affair on you with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> And I'm cheating on all of you with the teriyaki chicken sub from Subway. Mm. It's so delicious that I've put my penis in it several times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many times were we supposed to mention it? Six. We're up to five. That's we're almost five. done. That's five. <laughs> We've almost done it. <laughs> well, after they met the Mandan tribe, um, you know, they built the fort. And it was here that they met a French-Canadian trader named Toussaint Chabonneau. With him was one of his three wives. Stupid. Imagine the burden on that man. I can't even satisfy my one wife. Yeah. Imagine having three up your ear talking about, like, why'd you reinstall Grindr? Or, (laughs) you know, why are you meeting people on Craigslist personal ads? That's bullshit. Like, it's hard enough with one person checking your phone constantly. I know. And, yeah, it's bullshit. I want to watch yeah. Queen's Gambit. Why do you want to watch Magic Mike 3 for the fucking fifth time this week? <laughs> like, oh, man. Why are you Just, inviting guys over to make a low-budget Magic Mike 4 in our bedroom? What's wrong with you? You just keep playing that fucking Why Waste My Time song on a fucking loop. Like, the whole, mo- the whole movie can't be this song. The whole time she's <laughs> telling me to be a, you know, more manly man and take care of her needs. I'm just humming this. <laughs> 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 uh, 
as you're cleaning the kitchen in a maid's outfit <laughs> with no butt. Like yeah. there, there's no pants, the butt's yeah. just exposed. <laughs> I, I mean, keep you, I keep using the duster on myself. <laughs> the maid's skirt just keeps lifting up. I'm gonna need you to be a little bit more masculine. What do you mean? What are you getting on? I'm getting shit done around the house, honey. I got a What's mustache. More masculine that? <laughs> I got a mustache. Yeah, but there's all that glitter in it. <laughs> you got it from Sebastian, your male strippergram from last week's episode. <laughs> oh, well, you know, that was, that was super masculine. That was just two guys. Yeah. Enjoying each other's bodies. So much testosterone in that room. You don't get more masculine than that. That's what that smell was. Testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Meriwether Lewis is like, and you're like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? And he just he writes tapping on, on the, the pad. <laughs> he writes on the paper. That's definitely the smell. That's all it was. <laughs> well, with Charbonneau, was one of his three wives, who were all Shoshone Indians, who had been captured and sold by the Hidatsis tribe. He offered one of them to travel with Lewis and Clark as their translator. She was 15 years old and pregnant. Her name was Sacagawea. And that is where we will pick up next week. Woo! That is the end of this week's episode, except for... This thing that's about to happen. Greg, do you know what it is? Of course you do. I've got a feeling. It's Fast Facts! Fast Fact number one. The Thunderclapper pills prescribed by Dr. Benjamin Rush contain so much mercury that historians and archaeologists have been able to trace the path of the Lewis and Clark expedition by following the mercury deposits they left behind. Ladies and gentlemen, they're talking about poo-poo. Fast fact number two. For the expedition, Lewis procured 120 gallons of whiskey, which was enough to ration out one gill per man for 104 days. In the U.S., a gill is equal to four ounces, and in the U.K., it's five ounces. Either way, we would have been pissed that we were being teased. Trade you a blowjob for your gill. What am I, a whore salmon? Fast fact number three. At some point, the expedition stopped in the town of Boonesboro on the edge of Kentucky. It had been founded by noted pioneer Daniel Boone. We don't know if Lewis and Clark actually met Boone because this was during the period of time in which Lewis wasn't actually keeping a journal. Fast fact number four. Moving the boat in low waters was so exhausting that each man ate approximately nine pounds of meat a day, a little cornmeal, and any fruit they could find. They were still hungry, so they probably finished it off with a pint of ice cream and felt bad about themselves and did the classic thing where they swore the next day they'd actually use that gym membership they'd all been paying for. Well, then the... the, the Things they ate and still were hungry was true. The gym membership. Greg just made that up like an asshole. These are facts, Greg. Fast facts. All right. 
We are done with this episode. Greg, if you didn't know, and you might not know this because you don't like this show, you can find us at 100ProofHistory on all social media. You can find us at www.100proofhistory.com. And you can find us on Patreon, Patreon slash 100ProofHistory, where you get bonus episodes, early releases, and all of our old, terrible, goddamn awful episodes. I think they're actually really good, but yeah. Yeah, you're biased. Greg, what else? Well, Chris, I uh, actually have two barrels, like 55-gallon drums that are in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. I really like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Yeah. So basically I squeeze the peanut butter and it comes out a little thingy. Mm-hmm. And then I squeeze the jelly and it comes out, right? Yeah. Peanut butter is operating normally, but for some reason the jelly's jacked up. So basically I'm going to have to pressurize that system, which means... That as soon as we get off, I gotta. Ah, boo! Goodbye. I like them when they sound like that too. Like having sex with clowns who fart out of their vaginas. (laughs) This is stupid. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever said in my goddamn life. It's like I. I know what they say about big feet and all that. The clown, mm-hmm. he's like, my big feet, they're, they're not really that big. It's just, it's the shoes. Uh, so I hope you're not expecting too much. <laughs> and, then, and then he's looking and it's like all serious, but he wants to break up the tension. So he's like, <laughs> on his nose. <laughs> Loving you. It's easy cause you're beautiful And every time that we oh! In eighteen oh one, Thomas Jefferson I almost said Thomas President like a fucking moron <laughs> Thomas President <laughs> He was meant for it He was born for the job <laughs> We already pushed the envelope enough with dog semen gargling in your mouth. Give me a two of your south asshole. Wait, no. <laughs> I've lost all innuendo. Show me literally Just- <laughs> your butthole in a picture. Wait, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> that was too... I, I meant to say something. <laughs> something clever. They can be misconstrued in court. <laughs>